0: I'm just going to pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just come before you and I submit this to you. God, I submit this house, the leadership of this community, God. The desire for us to see revival in this city and in this nation, Lord, we just lay all that down to you. God, we just ask, like you said in the scriptures, that you would build us, that you would build your church. God, we just break off right now any any desire for us to do it in our own strength, any desire for us to strive for something that you haven't given us, Lord. And God, we just lay it before you. Have your way. Lord, we just ask that you help us to lay our will down so that your will may come. Lord, we want to see your kingdom and we want to see your will in this place. So, this morning, Lord, we just ask that your things be established here. What you want to be established, may it be established. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and we declare your kingship in this place. In your beautiful name, we pray. Amen. All right. I'm going to continue on with a bit of where we're going, where we've been, sort of um, chat. And I want to ask something of you. I know there's quite a few guys who were away, were here last week, but are away this week and vice versa. So hopefully guys listen back to this because I want to ask if you would be here next week Um, because next week I'm going to step into the next stage of our sort of vision as to where we are and where we're going. And we're going to be praying on some leaders. They won't be called leaders, but I will explain what we're going to call them next week based on what we see in scripture. But like a marriage, I want to ask that you guys would be here if you call this place home if this is your house that you would be a part of that that we're not just standing up here for the sake of it that we truly believe that something is going to take place spiritually when we when we share the authority that's God God has given us to others and I want to ask that they're going to be doing this before you as the community they're going to be standing before you to say we vow to take what God has given us before you. That as a people, we're going to come into something that God has given us. And I want to ask if you would come and lay hands, but you can't do that if you're not here. So please, if it's if this is your home, if you are founded here and you want to help us build what God's building and be a part of where we're going, then be here for that so that you can lay hands, you can hear what these guys are going to have to say about Saying yes to to picking up the mantle God's given them, and that as a as a community, we can hold each other to account to the things God's asking us to do. Is that okay? Come and do this with us. Don't don't let that slide. But we have been talking through the last sort of uh, two weeks through where we're going as a house and where we've been as a house, and I want to just continue that this morning. I'm going to play a video for us um, with some of the guys that we're partnering with, and. Um, just explain where it is. But I want to just take a moment. Last week I spoke about the four areas that that we see sort of visionally as to where we're heading. And I just want to explain on each of those that we, we really believe, Jess and I are really encouraged that in each one of those areas we are achieving things in God. One of the biggest questions I've had in leading a community of people that I've asked God is what's the unit for measurement? God, how do we measure... If we're being successful or not, I've said from the very beginning I don't want to run a Rotary Club. I would rather, if we're going to just have a club, I'd rather go to a golf course and set up a a club. Thanks, Kat. A club around playing golf or darts or knitting or whatever it is i don't want to just set a club that we become good friends that's not the goal the goal is to step out what god's given us right what jesus said to the disciples at Caesarea philippi to push back the gates of hell so it's not about having a lot of people it's not about us even though it's good being tight-knit close friends that is a part of what we're doing. We are a community in God, but it's the mandate that He's given us that is our goal. It's the mandate that we are trying to see achieved in this city and in this nation and in the nations, like Scripture says. But we believe, Jess and I have, have been constantly re-asking God and realigning ourselves and directing ourselves, Lord, How are we being successful? We, not for our sake, but for your sake. Are we achieving something in the city? And there's many ways that we can measure that and there's many way that, ways that churches do. To my surprise, when we joined a um, the management uh, software that we use to put people on rosters, I was blown away by the analytics and the statistics that we can capture about who's here, how much people give and how many people here and our numbers and all those sorts of things. And the guy rang me and he said, hey, I just want you to know that you're using like 2% of what this software can do. And I said, yeah, can I step down? I, that's all I want to use. And he said, no, but there's so much more you can do. You know, we can turn on so that every time you come near the Wi-Fi, the phone pings and we can tell who was here, how long we, we were here, all these different things. And I got off the phone, my heart just felt sad. And I thought, Lord, that's not how we're measuring this. That's not the unit for a successful community of God in this city or in a nation. Now, I'm not Pulling down anyone who any church that decides to use any people who decide to use those things. That's I'm not saying it's bad. It just for me, I, I just didn't see that that's how we're gonna build strong, deep people in God, big people who can change a city. You know, when you look around this nation and and, and the Gold Coast, there's a lot of changing that needs to be done. There's a lot of, of righteousness that needs to be put in, and we are the people who are going to do that. In order to do that. We need to be strong, deeply centred people of Christ. Does that make sense? So our measuring stick for how successful we are is not by the way we fill the seats. I'll keep taking seats out. I've got no issues with that. But I want to see as a people we're getting bigger. We're going deeper. For Jess to stand up and speak six months ago and to pray the way she prays is is a sign to me that we've come a long way. For guys in our Thursday night groups to speak the way they do, from brokenness, coming out of that brokenness into wholeness, that's depth in Christ. That's discipleship. To see people praying and people realizing, nothing makes me more excited when someone comes and says, hey Ben, I understood what you said two years ago. I'm like, yes. It took two years, but it doesn't matter. We're going further. We're chipping away one step at a time. I've said this before, but that's why Jesus says he's a lantern unto our feet. It's a step at a time. It's low and slow, but we go deeper and deeper. So in our, in our reformation, in, in how we see that we're reforming is the language that we're using in this house. The things that we're seeing done, matched with the focus. Coco... And and Sean and Jess and I spend lots of time in in looking at worship songs, trying to understand what it is we're trying to achieve in worship, what it looks like. And when we come together in worship, we sing songs about the King because it's Him who we're glorifying. Like this morning, we're singing songs about His goodness, His kingdom, His reign. That's the shifting of our focus. That when we come together on a Thursday night, we're speaking about how the King of Kings can be more present in our life. We talk about ourselves in the realm that, that God is impacting us. But it's always about Him. The focus always about Him. My prayer often is, Lord, not would you increase the size of the house, would you increase the reach we have, would you give me more speaking damage. I never pray those things. My prayer is very simple. Lord, would your kingdom come? And would you let me lay down my will so that yours will come? Because when Jesus says to the disciples, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Glory first. Honor and glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to the Father first. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So far we haven't mentioned us. We've just mentioned him, all about him. And the first time we ask for anything for ourselves, it's we say, um, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Sorry, i mind blanked. Give us our daily bread. The bread from heaven, right? The manifestations of manna from heaven. When, when the Israelites were in Egypt, what fed them? The manna from heaven, the bread from heaven. It's a, it's a prophetic symbol of revelation the first thing we ask for for ourselves is the revelation to live out the first part of the prayer we're actually asking for him to reveal more of himself so that we can do the first part which is to allow his kingdom to come and his will to be done the revelation from god is for his sake not for ours does that make sense that's the focus the focus, and that's where all of our sermons, the way we're preaching, when when I ask Dave to preach, or we have other people come in, I, I first talk through. Do you know where we're going? Do you know where we're going? You, can you see, can you see what's taking place? So that we are always building upon, upon, upon to see his kingdom come and to see his will be done. The third one is discipleship. I just want to honor Sven. I'm, I was so pumped when he said, I want to I take what I'm learning and growing in and I want to give it to people around me. Well done, bro. That is fantastic. And he's not the only one. There is a number of guys starting to be excited that more people should know this. And look, I've said from the very beginning, I don't care what church they go to. I don't care if they never sit in a tub chair here. I care that they know the depth of Christ, and they know who he is and are discipled in that. If you're leading guys and helping them see more of the kingdom, well done. I don't expect you to bring them. I don't expect to make sure they count on this list. I expect that you keep discipling them as you are being discipled. And there's a few guys who are stepping into that. And there's so many of you that don't get mentioned in that, but well done. A saying Jess and I carry all the time is heaven sees. You don't need to be pumped from here. Heaven sees what you're doing. Kate, she's not here this morning, but going and discipling people, stepping well outside her comfort zone to pray for people, to see the kingdom come in their lives because she's seeing it in her life. That's what the gospel is all about, the good news. And that's the discipleship method. One to one, making two, making four, eight, 16. Maths doesn't go beyond 16, so you get the picture my math, doesn't it? The last one is the mission field. And I said last week that this is a little bit tricky because it's easy to look at the, the mission field that we project as a house and say, well, we're not doing anything. And, and unless God tells me, I don't know that we will ever put our name on some sort of big deal thing, but I want to see the kingdom come. So if you guys are, are, are doing something, then we want to back you. We want to support you. I don't want to put our community stamp on it. I don't want to take it off you. I want to blow wind in your sails, finances, discipleship, whatever that looks like. If If you are doing something in the city and you need help, please tell us. I don't know how to help if I don't know what's happening. But I want to make this statement very clear from the pulpit so that I can be held accountable to. I will not take it from you like I've seen happen and try to make it ours. I don't want to do that. I've not said to Sven, you have to do it our way. But I've said to him, you need to stay in covering. You need to stay protected so that you're being discipled. But it's his work. I don't take it and say, well, we've got this men's group now. Add that to our list. Because that's not the goal. The goal is the kingdom. And you guys are the hands and feet in that. Does that make sense? So I, I I, I want you to challenge me on that. If you see us trying to do that, come, sit with me, tell me, I will listen. Because it's imperative that we as a community begin to build together as a team, which is what I want to speak about this morning. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Everything we see in scripture is about one body, one God, unity amongst the believers, unity amongst each other. And that has to happen on so many levels. That has to happen one-to-one, has to happen in our groups, it has to happen in the house, then this house has to, it has to happen with other houses, which we are slowly attempting to rebuild in this city with a number of other leaders who meet somewhat regularly and talk How do the churches, how do the the individual parts of the church in this city regain strength with each other to be a threefold core? And what happens is that this needs to happen on this level and we are attempting to do that. But we, Jess and I from the very beginning of leading said we would not join one of the big movements and put our name on a website. And the reason for that is very simple. In the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul build with churches relationally. And one of the things that aches my heart, and I speak to many leaders in the city and outside of the city, is that they are going through pain with no leaders walking beside them. I just recently spoke with, with a leader who's getting ready to close down his church, and I said, his, uh, his building where the church meets, and I said to him, who have you got around you? He said, nobody. I said, what leaders are you meeting with? He said, none. There's no one supporting me. And I said, are you a part of a, a movement? He said, yeah, I'm a part of a movement. I said, where, where are those guys? Why haven't they sat in your living room? Why haven't they heard your heart? Why haven't. And he said, that's not the way that it works. And for me, my heart broke. And we vowed from the very beginning, that's not the way we're going to do this. We're going to build relationally. And it's hard and it's long, and it's slow, and it doesn't have the answers to do that. But I felt from the beginning that I want guys we're walking with knowing mine and Jess's relationship. I want them to know our marriage. I want them to pull me up if I'm in the wrong or, or tell us we're, we're driving over a cliff so that we don't have to pull ourselves off the bottom. We can readjust. So the way we are aiming to build, which so I'm gonna show some people in a minute, is that we wanna build relationally. Paul writes saying, because I've known you, because I've walked with you, my brothers, right? Everywhere we see Paul write to a church, he says, I'm pouring myself out on your sacrifice. I'm giving myself over to help you build. That's what we see in scripture. So when I, when I see these things, I, I see them on multiple levels. There is the, the large organization level, but there also is the one-to-one level. When I come to help Maddie, I pour myself out as an offering on his sacrifice. Right? It says there's no greater love than to lay my life down as for a friend. So I come when I, when I come to help Maddie, I give all of myself. And what we see in church leadership should be that exact thing. I'm going to ask these guys next week to, to take the step that Jess and I took and within the realm that they've been given to, to give themselves to the community. That's not a small feat. But, but God is asking all of us in our individual lives to lay ourselves down for those that are around us. So when Paul builds, he, 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 he represents this in such an amazing way. To the point that I don't think we quite understand. In Romans 9, Paul says something that absolutely challenges my faith to the core. He says this, for I, he's writing to the Romans and he's writing to, to the the, the the church in Rome essentially and in this part of Romans Romans sort of seven through to sort of twelve he's talking to the the Jews, right? He's talking to his kinsmen, the people that he would have known the most. And he says this, he says, For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers and my kinsmen according to the flesh. Paul's stance in his heart and his hunger for those that he knew to be saved and to know Christ is he says, I will remove myself from Christ if all of them would be saved. How many of us can say that? I don't think I can. Being honest, I don't think I could say, Lord, if all of Australia was, was if you would save all of Australia, just remove me and I will spend eternity in hell, but at least all of Australia. I don't know that I can say that. Paul did. Paul asked for all of the Jews in Rome to be saved at the the sake of him being cut off. That's how his heart burnt for the church. That's how his heart was on fire for a people to be engaged and to know Christ. He continues on a little bit later in Romans 16. You can go there, but we'll just... I'll just quickly read it through. But he continues on in Romans 16 and he goes through all these names and it's almost difficult to read because it's about a chapter full of this person and this person and this person. He lists off all these members that he's walking with and then he, he, he greets them all and says, say hello to them and greet each other with a holy kiss. Show them my affection, all of them. All of those that I've partnered with, show them my affection. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not deserve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. There's a bit of a disco going on up here. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry, I got distracted. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Paul had this position of love toward those he was building with unto death. But he says those who come to destroy that place may Satan crush them. That the unity of the believers is absolutely imperative. And he continues on to say in that he's positioning himself to say, I will build and pour out on my people. So there's two things I want to explain here. I want to show you how we're doing this as a house. But I also want to ask you individually, can you, can you put yourself in a place to say, I am living my life like that for somebody. And somebody is living like that to pull me into that place. We spoke on Thursday night about having having somebody in your life that, that you can actually go to who can challenge you and grow you and increase you, that you can bring your, your troubles to or the things you need prayer through, somebody in your life that is further along the journey than you and the importance of that is huge and I want to challenge you, do you have that? Are you going to somebody to say, hey man, my, my, I need help, my marriage is, is stretched right now. My parenting is stretched. My work life is stretched. I have no time for anything. Are you walking with somebody because you really desire to go deeper or are we just quietly ticking away in the background? But the other side is that we want to build with men and women who we feel called to to input into this house. And we do that on three levels, locally, nationally and internationally. And locally, you won't see on the video coming up because most of you know the the local guys with Dave and Cherie, with Mal and Edie through YWAM and Set Free Care. We we help build into and and as do they build into us as well. But there's also other guys on a local level that we're we're walking with. Church leaders um, like Marshall Gray from from um, Chapel in in Broad Beach and and Len. These guys we are walking with because. Not for our sake, but for the sake of the city. I meet with leaders bi-weekly every week. Sorry, every bi-weekly. That didn't make sense, did it? Every second week, at least. And I do that because I so desperately want to see the kingdom come. And I really don't care if it's not through us. I don't. I just want to see the kingdom come. So I'm meeting with guys to say, hey, what, what can we do to help Uh, Just recently, I ran a a banquet for Marsh and and taught some of their guys through a book in the Bible over six weeks, and because he he said that's how I could help. So absolutely, you know, there's other guys in the city, other churches who are, are sending worship leaders to other houses in the city who don't have worship leaders. There's other other churches who are going and preaching, jumping on their preaching roster to help when when the leader is tired. That stuff is happening but it's very quiet and it's very small at the moment. But we want to keep building into that and seeing what's taking place on a local level. But then there's also a, a, a national level of which we partner with Paul and Tracy from Adelaide, Adam and Charlotte Thompson from Adelaide. And we've been walking with, with and, and helping Charmaine Eltringham, which is Mike's wife. Um, and Mike who passed away, for those of you who knew him, and then on an international level, we walk with Devlin and Zarika Zenz from Colombo in Sri Lanka and Jeeva and Susan out of India. Jeeva and Susan aren't on this video because Jeeva is in the middle of nowhere in the bush and he couldn't make me a video. So I'm going to show you some, video, uh, some photos and just talk about him for a sec. But I want to just show you these guys and they're going to speak and you know, there's parts where they minister over us. The importance for this is to say that we are not alone in this that we are not alone in the gospel being spread on a national level and on an international level. On a local level, on a national level and an international level, we are building with others. This is not our own little stream we're swimming in. We're building with the guys up the road. We are seeing the gospel come. Does that make sense? The importance of this to me is huge because this is what we're here to do as a community. This is what we're to establish and as of next week, I feel like there's, there's a stake we're putting in the ground to say we are going to stand as, as a, a community in this city to see the kingdom come. That may be in a short while. It may be in a long while. We may only plow the ground for somebody to harvest later, but we will do our part that God's asked us. Does that make sense? Does anyone have any questions before I jump into talking about it, guys? I'm happy to take a question. Questions? I might not be able to answer it, but yay, nay, once, twice, thrice. All right. Jeeva and Susan. This is Jeeva and Susan. We showed a video of Jeeva and Susan um, a few months back when he was asking for prayer. Jeeva and Susan challenged me immensely. He asked me to speak into, there was about 25 church leaders from the southern end of India he lives in a little tea village up the mountains called Kutuguri. And he asked me to speak into their leaders. And I said to him when he asked me, Jiva, what do you want me to say? All of your leaders, all of your leaders fear death every day. Some of them have been beaten with an inch of their life because of their faith. Some of them haven't eaten in weeks because they have chosen to feed their villagers. What in the Lord's name do you want me who sits on the Gold Coast and struggles to drive two minutes to the office or to the church, what would you like me to impart? Good Lord. And you know, when I got on this Zoom call, they were the most humble, beautiful people whose goal is to spread the good news of Christ. And I asked one of them, I said, what was going through your head when he, Jeeva had said that he had been beaten within an inch of his life? I said, what, what was going through your head? He said that Christ would be known. I was like, whoa, gee, we've got a long way to go in the West. We have a long way to go. But I'm encouraged by the way that he will not cease preaching the gospel. He's been threatened, they have been hunted, they have been chased, but they keep coming back and they keep spreading the gospel. And they go into villages and we have, all those guys have explained, we tithe into each each week, uh, sorry, each month, Jez, yes? done on a monthly basis. But we, we send this house, as we ask you guys to tithe and to give, and we've shown you the principles of tithing and giving, this house does exactly that. We we sow a taruma and we sow tithe every month. To It's bi-monthly, so we do a local month, and then an international month. I'm using the bi-monthly today. Hey, Sean, sure? He's impressed. I've only got it wrong once. So these guys go into villages. We're, we're Trying to work with with Jeeva and Susan, every time I ask, what can we do for you? He says, can you just come? And obviously at the moment, no is my answer. We can't come and we can't send anybody. So what can we do with you? Then he says, just pray, just pray. If you can't be here with us to lay hands, then just pray. And I said, do you need money? Can we send any? And he says, God will provide. So not knowing what else to do, we just send cash and we pray. I say, Jeeva, we don't know how else to help you, but they go from village to village. And I wanted to show you a video, uh, but I I couldn't get the video to work and I ran out of time. So I just took a a snapshot of it. This is um, a a church that he has founded in the villages, but I want to show you how he gets to the village. This is a river that they have to cross. Oh, I've got a pointer, hey. Okay, do I have a laser pointer? Yes. That's them There on the edge and on the video you can see it and he sends me a video he says please pray dangerous way to get to the next village I said Jeeva what are you doing he says we have to go from boat one person at a time because the boat can't take more than one person and the rower to get across the river of which is dangerous animals and heading toward a waterfall so that they can go into a village a Hindu village and preach the gospel in the hope that they will receive Jesus I said, do you know what's in the in the village? No. We just know there's villages there. So they pack their bags. Susan works all week in a hospital as an um, eye nurse. She works all week and then on Friday she goes home, they pack their bags, and they walk to the next village. And it makes me laugh because I say to Jeeva, when does Susan rest? How, how can she rest? She works five days a week. He says, yeah, but the gospel must be proclaimed. The gospel must be proclaimed. There's people out there who do not know. There's villagers out there who do not know. She prays for people all day as a nurse and she helps them in her job. Then she goes and she proclaims the gospel. And she works just as hard as Jeeva does. She ministers, she takes packs. And right here for us, I think, man, we get so complacent with what they can do what they are actually going and making happen every day. And that's not to, to make you feel bad. I know that we have our challenges here in the West, but it puts into perspective the importance of the gospel. I'm going to put the video on. The next, the next people that you're going to see are Devlin and Zurika from Colombo, Charmaine, uh, who's in Western Australia at the moment. You'll see Adam, and Adam Thompson and then Paul Tothill. I asked all the guys to do a two-minute video, Paul gave us his best with a 10-minute video, so it goes for about 15 minutes, sorry. Yeah, so I just want you to, to watch, and then I'll, I'll speak a little bit, and then we'll go have coffee.
1: Greetings uh, to Australia, greetings to our community church, um, just greetings from us. My name is Devlin, this is my lovely wife, Zurika, and uh, we leave Gateway Fellowship here in Colombo and in Sri Lanka and it's just a wonderful privilege to be able to just reach out to you and uh, to greet you and uh, just wonderful to know that that there is there's a kingdom there's an apostolic kingdom friendship that is happening between both our communities um just wonderful to journey this out with Ben and Jess and with you through them and it's just you know just thank you
2: welcome um to our community church and and Ben and Jason, uh, just thank you for all your guys' support and your love over the years. And thank you for walking this road with us and um, conquering new destinations in the name of Jesus. And I just want to um, thank you for everything.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Ben and Jason know that there's a standing invitation for them and for any of you if you ever come across to... Uh Sri Lanka. Now, you know, we will will not talk rugby, but (laughs) we will definitely spend time together. Uh, We'd love to show you the nation and the people and the work that we are doing, not just in Colombo, but up country into the mountains and into the east and the north. Uh, It's just what a privilege to be able to sow into this nation and to bring the hope and the love that can only come from Jesus Christ, to bring a sense of destiny and eternity that, you know, when you introduce people, the person of Jesus Christ and part of our ability to be able to do that is because of friendships such as yours friendships with Ben and Jess with the ability to dream together to pray together to talk together and to reach lives together you know um, ultimately here at Gator Fellowship it is a church that is 95% Sri Lankan, which is the way we want it we've put in Sri Lankan leadership in place and ultimately it's a church in Sri Lanka for Sri Lanka to be led by Sri Lankan, so we're basically working ourselves out of our job, but it's just, it's a wonderful, it's a privilege just to be able to do this, and it's a privilege to be able to do it with you in partnership, so bless you, thank you, and uh, may God bless you.
2: Good morning, church. Hi, Ben and Jess. Thank you for giving me the honor to share this with you. I do wish it was Mike that was doing this, because he's the one that normally does all the preaching, and... Sharing, but I want to send my greetings to you, and I want to thank you all for all that you have done and how you've taken care of me over the last few years, and still doing. I really so so appreciate it, and I do pray God's blessing upon you and He continues to make you flourish. And um, I want to say that Mike is up there. <laughs> he's up in the with the great cloud of witnesses, and he's edging us on. And uh, he's run his race. He run it. To the best of his ability and God chose to take him home and um, so it was hard for me and it's been a tough road really tough road but in these times where things have been really tough and um, these times I felt like with God where have you been I just you're not listening to me I want to tell you God has always been there and he's always there and it's in those tough times that you are hidden away in God But God is always there. And in those times, you are learning to grow in the things of God. And honestly, I've grown more than I've ever known in having to do things for myself, which in Dubai, it all gets done. You know, I have to do it myself. But God has been so kind to me. And I think as far as walking with God and the intimacy with God has increased even more. And I would say to you today, because I have been in two minutes. So... um, I would say to you, run the race. Run this race that sits before you. Mike ran the race. He ran the race so well. And I believe he's got his prize in heaven. And I believe Mike is saying to us, run with perseverance the race set before you. Don't give up when things are tough, when when you think everything's fallen apart and there's just no hope. Continue to run the race because there, there is an end to the race. And honestly, I believe that the return of Jesus is nigh. I believe that he's coming back soon and he wants to come back for a bride that is busy and active and pushing in like never before. This is not a time to back off. And honestly, there were times in my life I just felt I just wanted to give up. But this is not a time to give up. This is a time to push in even more into the things of the Lord. So be encouraged. Christ Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And well what can i say this is i've spoken over two minutes but i want to say god bless you guys i'm praying for you and i love you all very much and i really pray that i can in the future come to to visit with you guys and and see you all god bless eh? bye
3: everyone this is adam f thompson big blessings to our community up in queensland i want to thank ben and jess for your love and support i've been on the phone with ben recently and we're excited, I'm coming back next year to uh, do some ministry, to equip you guys, to bring you into a place of such revelatory knowledge and have access to the kingdom attributes or Jesus' attributes, which are signs, wonders, and miracles. But I really believe that um, this is a new era rising. It's a new season uh, God is removing and he's purging the old Pentecostal way, uh, the old Pentecostal structure in the in the Western society. And I believe it's become obsolete and God is doing something new where the church and the bride is going to shine so beautiful in the darkness, Isaiah 60, and it's going to have influence over natural governments uh, like the Daniels, the Josephs. Uh, Daniels had a, had the ability to unlock dreams and uh, have influence over uh, ruthless leaders like uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And also um, uh, Joseph not only interpreted dreams, but he had the solutions to problems and had influence uh, over uh, governments so uh, and also the spirit of Elijah uh, took out Jezebel so what's going on right now there's a principality of Jezebel trying to take out the people of God so I'm excited I want you guys to be ready because um, uh, all we need to do is just be open to receive and open to renew and rewire our minds to walk in this new era so bless you guys love you heaps Uh, looking forward to seeing you next year.
4: Hello dear friends, Uh, our community, Paul Tothill from Freedom House uh, Australia in Adelaide. Uh, Many of you will know me from um, leading gateway and many visits to the Gold Coast. And of course, Tracy and I have been uh, partnering over the years with Ben and Jess and uh, the emerging leaders and of course you as a community. And it's always been our privilege to be able to come Uh, Spend time with Ben and Jess and build a genuine uh, vulnerable relationship with both of them. Um, I can just say that the last season from uh, last year I had a sabbatical uh, and through the sabbatical um, I had to work through a number of things in my own life, uh, my own values and my own belief system and it was a wonderful time of being stretched. There were uh, decisions that I had to make that were difficult Uh, But during the time, it really became clear to me that God was trying to do something uh, in restoring things back to an apostolic prophetic foundation with the cornerstone of Christ. And of course, when God's going to build the church, he's not building a building. He's building people. He's building belief systems. He's building understanding in our patterns of thinking so that those realities become empowered by the Holy Spirit to become life and give expression to others. In other words, the gospel becomes manifest in us and through us into the world. And I'm just sensing there's an urgency um, of the mandate of Matthew 28:18, which is about going into all the world, uh, fully immersing people into the reality uh, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them what Jesus taught the disciples and what Jesus modelled in his life. And so in one sense, this is a very rabbinical process to put a Hebrew hat on. And it's a discipleship. It's restoring discipleship uh, back into the church in a healthy, positive way that allows believers to grow and come into spiritual maturity. So there's a layover between Ephesians 4.11 and 4.12 and Matthew 28, 18, and our maturity is not meant to be contained within a uh, in a context. We get built up into a context to give expression to that reality into the world, into our marriage, into our workplace, into our friendships, into social clubs. Everywhere we go, we become the glory carriers of the reality of the Gospels as the ambassadors of heaven. It's a profound thing uh, when we come into an understanding of what our salvation really is. I just want to encourage you you're in a, such a profound season and Ben and I talk often we have a very close relationship uh, you know Ben has been instrumental uh, as a younger dear friend a peer, of helping me work through so many decisions where I've been able to openly discuss listen chat through uh, advise and hear and I've really valued that input in my life so uh, although I'm a little bit older and been around the block a few times, uh, have a few hits like Elvis. Life throws things at you. You learn from those things. You don't stay in those things. But it's so wonderful for me to be able to have a relationship, um, not only with Ben and Jess, but others uh, in our community and different men and women around the world, where we build relationally, where our lives uh, are on show to one another in a in a godly way, in an open way, in a transparent way. In an accountable way so that we can uh, get perspective from one another we can get input from one another we can get accountability for one another for our decisions for our life and i just really want to say we 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 never come into our destiny alone god always puts us in relationships to fulfill that which is written on our scroll so it's been a wonderful wonderful journey as we go forward uh, from here of course i'm engaged in building a new work called Freedom House Australia, that's the name I introduced it into. And uh, I really feel that that is going to be an emphasis of an equipping paradigm to disciple, to equip, to release, to activate, to mobilize the body of Christ from the context of community. But that community has a very, very specific intentionality towards the mandate and the commission that God has given the church. Um, so again, uh, everything is about being established in Him. Uh, for him and to him and the centrality of Christ is something that needs to be urgently restored into the church and into our lives but I want to just encourage you in uh, the letter from Thessalonians the Thessalonians were um, so open in their heart to receive the message this great revelation that Paul the apostle carried and uh, I just want to read it to you because uh, I believe God's positioning you to be like the Thessalonica church. And I know that the group of people that have come, there's only about 25 of us at this stage, we're pioneering together. It's been a wonderful reset for us and, and their attitude and their hunger and their desire to know the word so they can live the word. That's the reality. That's where the rubber's going to hit the road. What I live is more important than what I think I know. So what we live comes out of a belief system. It's shaped by the gospel. But this is what paul uh, wrote to the thessalonians and i just exhort you and encourage you from paul silas and timothy we send our greetings to you the congregation of believers in thessalonica which is in god the father and the lord jesus christ you are in god the father and jesus christ all of you you're a spirit people may god's delightful grace and peace rest upon you we are grateful to God for your lives, and we also pray for you. For we remember before our God and Father how you put your faith into practice, how you put your faith into practice, how your love motivates you to serve others, and how unrelenting is your hope-filled patience in our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, Paul came as a peer one who carried a grace and a responsibility, not superiority. But dear brothers and sisters, you are dearly loved by God, and we know that he has chosen you to be his very own. For our gospel came to you, not merely in the form of words, but in mighty power infused with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Surely you remember how we lived our lives transparently before you to encourage you. And you became followers of my example and the Lord's. Notice the discipleship. Paul was saying, I want to follow Christ. So I want to be the example. in. I just don't want to be clever. I want to be the example to you of what this powerful gospel, this revelation of Jesus Christ really does in our life. And so you became followers of my example and the Lord's. When you received the word with joy of the Holy Spirit, even though it resulted in tremendous trials and persecution, it didn't all go well. They received the word, they got buffeted, but they were growing supernaturally. There was a supernatural acceleration because they took the word to heart and they became overcomers. Now you have become an example. Watch that. They went through trials, but they became an example. That is a prophetic word for you, our community. You're to become examples to a city and to a nation. Now you have become an example for all the believers to follow throughout the province of Greece. The message of our Lord has sounded out from you, not only in Greece, but its echo has been heard in every place where people are hearing about your strong faith. Faith in action, faith in service, Motivated by the love of God, which he demonstrated on the cross at Calvary. We don't need to brag on you for everyone tells the story of the kind of welcome you showed us when we first came to you. And everyone knows how wonderfully you turned to God from idols to serve the true and living God. We don't think idolatry is for the day. I don't have time to go through that. Maybe that's another time when these COVID restrictions uh, are lifted and I'm able to be with you. But the centrality of the self-life is idolatry. So we don't wanna be caught up with ourselves. We wanna be caught up with God and we wanna be able to put that into a reaction, uh, a response, sorry, and and into an action that looks like something before the world. I think the world is looking for this, this authenticity that you're called to carry and everyone knows how wonderful you turn to god and let me continue and you now and now you eagerly expect his son from heaven jesus the deliverer whom he raised from the dead and who rescues us from the coming wrath. you see it didn't matter about what they were living in they were living from a higher reality they were living to please god they were living to give expression to this gospel when the world was going (laughs) hang They suffered a bit of persecution. They, they suffered some pershback, but that didn't quench them. It empowered them. Let this be a season where you're empowered by adversity, where you see opportunity of adversity because the gospel, the one who lives in you is greater than the world around you. I really encourage you for the season you're in, it's just wonderful to be able to say a few words to encourage you. Freedom House Australia is building with you uh, as we build with other churches around the world. We're part of a far bigger picture and never see the smallness uh, as a limitation. Always see your smallness as an expression of something bigger into the world around you. Let the reputation of what you do and the small things influence a city and let it influence a nation. Bless you, uh, have an amazing Sunday and it's such a privilege to be a part of our community. Bless you.
0: Now you can all see why Paul and I talk for hours during the week, eh? He is just, <laughs> just oozes and he's so passionate about preaching the gospel that we we spend a long time in this. So I just wanted to show you that, I'm not gonna bang on, I promise, but I just wanted to show you that because it's, it's important that, that you guys see that everything we are doing here, although they're not coming in regularly or they're not showing regularly, we are building together spiritually. That so when I go and minister in those places, we go as a community. You know, in the spirit, we, we, what, what we are pioneering and fighting through here, we are able to take into, into other places in, in the region. And all of those guys, as you can see, carry different gifts and different, different personalities and different ways they see the Scriptures. And we want to keep growing this. We want to keep growing voices that we have coming through and, and who we see that we are building with. But like Paul said, Ephesians 4:11 and 12, that is for the building up of the body of Christ. These relationships that we are walking with, the hours we spend um, on the phone and on zooms with these guys, is for the sake of building up the body, for us to be able to go into the nations, to go strong. Does that make sense? Is everyone okay? Does anyone have any questions? Fantastic. Let's pray and then let's drink coffee and eat snacks. Father, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every one of those men and women, Father, for the work you've called them to. Lord, may you bless them. Father, may you pour out on them, Lord, that as we, as we receive from who they are and who you've made them to be, Lord God, may there be just an outpouring on them. And Father, we just ask that you will bring more men and women to come and help lead and build, to guide and counsel in this city, Father, not just to this house, but all of your church in this city to build and equip in this this city and in this nation. God, you are so worthy and so holy. We honour you. We glorify your name. Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We declare your kingship in this house. We declare your kingship in this city and we declare your kingship in this nation. You are who you said you are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God, and we worship you. We honour you. I just pray, Lord, that as we go, Father, you keep stirring in us how our hands can work to see your gospel come, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, challenge us during the week to grow deeper into you, to seek you more, to know you more, to see your will done in every area of our life. Lord, we love you, We honour you and in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.